Hallelujah. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Please remain standing for the reading of scripture. John 11 and verse 1. John 11 and verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, <clears throat> behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. Verse 11, these things he said, and after he had said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. And his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was talking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Martha said to Jesus in verse 21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And in verse 43, now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice and said, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. And finally in Matthew chapter 20, verse 17. Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. But the third day he will rise again. Would you say that the third day he will rise again? Would you say to your neighbor, believe? Would you tell the neighbor on the other side or behind you, believe? Take your seat in the house of the Lord. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. The here Martha speaks of is Bethany, a community just a short distance outside the city of Jerusalem. The here was a home occupied by Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary 
and Martha. Jerusalem and its surrounding communities, Bethany included, is an area which contained many people who were hostile to Jesus. Just a few days before in John 10, 31, a group of men had taken up stones to kill Jesus. Then in John 10, 39, they had assaulted him and attempted to capture him, and he was able to escape either by speed or by strength or by the assistance of his disciples. But once he escaped from this mob, he decided to leave the area entirely and go to Perea, the wilderness place where John the Baptist had conducted his services. In that same area, Jesus had fasted 40 days. In that same area, Jesus had endured the temptations of the devil. Jesus had been baptized in Perea, and he had selected some of his very first disciples there. His ministry had, in many ways, started in Perea. So at the end of his career, he went back to where he started. At the end of his earthly ministry, he went to the place where his earthly ministry had begun. You can have all kind of thoughts when you go back where you started. You're driven to self-assessment, driven to self-evaluation. The place where you started is a good place for renewal and for commitment, especially when you're facing a challenging period of life. And if you don't visit the place where you started physically, you should visit it mentally and emotionally. What did you intend to do when you started? What have you done now? What did you promise? How have you performed? What still remains to be done? Somebody here today needs to just go back and see how far the Lord has brought you from and where you were when you started. To that place where he started in the wilderness came a message from Mary and Martha. The message did not mention Lazarus by name. It merely said, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And the Bible says in John 11, 3 through 5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And Luke 10, 38 gives some insights into their home and the relationship they had with Jesus. He was a guest in their home. Martha was busy everywhere working, preparing, and serving the meal. Jesus was listening, Mary, I beg your pardon, was listening to Jesus teach. And Martha went to Jesus and interrupted him and complained that Mary was not helping as he should. And in Luke 10, 41, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're bothered and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. This is the same Mary who anointed the feet of Jesus with a very expensive ointment and then wiped his feet with her hair. A woman's hair is said to be her glory on a person's feet because of their contact with the earth, the dirtiest part of their body. But she placed her glory at his feet. 
I'm glad they didn't have weaves in those days. <laughs> it seems that Mary was in many ways made to feel, made Jesus feel at home in their home. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus did everything they could to show their genuine love, their genuine respect for Jesus. That love motivated their generosity and their hospitality and their generosity and their hospitality and respect caused their home to be a place where Jesus was pleased to frequently abide. Jesus enjoyed visiting their home. Their positive attitude toward Jesus caused him to feel a special love toward them. And they positioned themselves because of their love and hospitality for a miracle. And before you conclude that Jesus unfairly selected favorites whom he loved more than others, you've got to understand how much they loved Jesus and how kindly they treated him. Too many people are jealous of the good relationships that others have formed with one another. And they have no knowledge of how much others have invested in those good relationships. Kindness, generosity, and respect enhance good relationships. Selfishness and disrespect can destroy any possibility of a good relationship. If you're as mean as a snake, have a negative attitude, it's no wonder nobody wants to be around you. When you're kind and loving and uplifting and encouraging and positive, folk enjoy your presence. Jesus had heard the message from Mary and Martha, and he being the divine son of God, knew the pain and the death that would face him when he went back to Bethany. He knew that there were those who had agreed with one another that they would kill him at first opportunity. But even in the midst of danger, Jesus decided to go back to visit Bethany. He knew not only that Lazarus was sick, he knew that Lazarus had died shortly after the messenger had been sent to him. And you need to know that love is the predominant sentiment that God has for us. Even though he faced danger and death by going back, he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus so much that he decided to go back anyhow. If you have a desire to love God, if you have a desire to serve God, God's love will find a way to connect with you. Is anybody here glad that God connected with you? Love caused Jesus to walk into danger to help his friends. Love caused him to groan and be troubled because of the death of Lazarus, even to weep. The Jews said, behold how much he loved them. The Lord Jesus was fully God and fully man. As a man, he enjoyed sorrow and pain, or endured sorrow and pain, even as we do. And Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace, 
that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. But notice how strongly Jesus wanted the disciples and the people to believe in him. Tell your neighbor, believe in him. Listen to the words of John 11 and 14. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. But verse 15, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. And in John 11 and 40, Jesus said to Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And John, the gospel writer, was amazed at the unbelief of some. For he said in John 12, 37, although he had done many signs before them, they did not believe in him. And Jesus said in verse 46, I have come as a light into the world, John 12, 46, and whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. The gospel writer John says in chapter 20, verse 30, and truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Look toward your neighbor and say, Jesus wants you to believe. So this incident with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, was designed not only to bless all believers, but specifically it was designed to prepare the disciples for what they would face at the end of the week. This event took place one week before the crucifixion of Jesus. This was the last miracle recorded by John before the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem. And so the week starts with the death and with the raising of Lazarus. And the week ends with the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I said it starts with the death and the raising of Lazarus. And one week later, Jesus died, crucified on a rugged cross, and he arose from the dead. And I believe that if the people and the disciples had allowed this incident of raising of Lazarus to stimulate faith in their hearts, they would have dealt with the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ altogether differently. If they had understood and comprehended what had happened with Lazarus, they would not have had a problem when Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected from the dead. Matthew 20, 17, are you with me today? Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the 12 disciples aside on the road, and he said to them, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. Son of man will be betrayed to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. They'll deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. But the third day he will rise again. Matthew, Mark, Luke all agree that Jesus told the disciples time and time again, I'm going to die, but on the third day, I'm going to rise from the dead. 
His purpose in telling them that he was going to rise was that they might believe in, expect, and act on their faith in the resurrection. And this miraculous incident with Lazarus was intended to strengthen their ability to believe in the face of a trial when Jesus was in the midst of death. Martha met Jesus when he came. And she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, would you raise your hand and say, Lord, even now. You face a hopeless situation, even now. It can be turned around. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what, how hopeless things seem. I don't care what your children are doing, what your family is doing, what your marriage is doing, what your job is doing, what your money is doing. Even now, God can turn it around. Would you tell your neighbor, neighbor, even now, God can turn it around. Why don't you clap your hands and give some praise to God? I wish somebody would revisit that situation you've given up on and say to the Lord, Lord, even now, will you tell two people it's not too late? Not too late. Jesus spoke those immortal words in John 11, 25. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. So Jesus assured Martha, he assured her that her brother would rise again. When they arrived at the tomb, Jesus commanded that they should roll the stone away. And that same Martha, who a little while before had said, even now, if you'll ask God, God will do it, said, Lord, roll the stone away. By now he's stinking. We can't roll the stone away. It's too late. But I just want you to know that God usually waits until it's too late before he goes to work for his children. If it's too late for you, don't worry about it. God waits until it's too late. Jesus, Lazarus is sick. He's not sick enough. Jesus, Lazarus has died. He's not dead enough. When Lazarus had been dead for four long days, Jesus showed up and it wasn't too late. He brought Lazarus back to life again. Tell your neighbor, your situation can come back to life again. When it's too late for us, it's just right for God. Tell two people, God gets glory out of too late. When the situation is hopeless, when the situation is something that we cannot deal with, that we cannot handle, God has a way of showing up. Has he ever shown up in your too late situation? Martha said, by now there's a stench. The situation is not only bad, the situation is stinking. It's not only dead, 
It's intolerable. It's not eating. And some of you are dealing with something that's painful. And if that was not enough, you're dealing with the repulsive and nauseating memories and results of that event. Somebody else might feel that if you dealt with your dead situation, it might be repulsive and nauseating and painful. But listen, I don't care how bad it looks. Get ready for a miracle. Roll the stone away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, tell two people, roll the stone away. Get ready for a miracle. Do what you can do and let God do what he alone can do. Stop talking doubt. Stop talking fear. Start saying God can do it. God is able. Roll the stone of unbelief. Roll the stone of carelessness out of the way. Get ready for your miracle. Come on, tell somebody, get ready for your miracle. When they had rolled the stone away, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And when Jesus did so, Lazarus came out of the grave alive and well. Let me tell you something. This was such a wonderful revelation to me when I first received it. I believe that Jesus not only performed this miracle because he loved Mary, and because he loved Lazarus, and because he loved Martha, I believe he performed it to prepare his disciples to trust God and believe in God during the crucifixion and after the crucifixion. He wanted to use what happened with Lazarus, what he would need one week later when it happened to him. He'd already told them several times that he was going to be crucified, that he's going to arise on the third day. And now he had given them a living example. Tell your neighbor, Lazarus was a living example of what God can do. Lazarus had been dead until the fourth day, but he was brought back to life again. Does it not seem that if they gave Lazarus four days, they should have given Jesus at least three days before they lost faith, before they gave up their confidence before they walked away and gave up on God. When Jesus was captured, they literally fell apart. Their faith went to zero. They felt that they were going to be killed. We see them running and hiding, walking in fear, in terror, lying and denying. We find them facing their, returning to their old ways of life and returning to their former pursuits. They were afraid for their own safety. And Jesus had already promised them that God had a plan for their lives. Would you tell your neighbor, God has a plan for your life. He had told the disciples all the things that were going to happen, all the things they were going to endure, all the accomplishments they were going to make. And if they were going to do what Jesus said they were going to do, they were going to have to be alive to do it. They should not have been afraid. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, don't be afraid. You can't die. You can't be stopped until you do what God has planned for you to do. Come on, clap your hands. You can't die until God gets through with you. Hallelujah. Come on, tell three people I can't die. I can't die. God has a work for you to do. You've got to do it. If God has a place for you to go, something for you to accomplish, you can't die 
until you accomplish what God has in mind for you. Tell three people, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Somebody has to believe that he that hath done a good work, begun a good work in you, is going to perform it until the day of Lord Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor, if God starts a work in your life, you can't die until you get it done. The Bible says God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Come on, tell two people, don't be afraid. Jesus said, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to rise again on the third day. But I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. This was a guarantee that they couldn't die on that night, on that weekend. They could not die then because God had too much for them to do. Come on, tell your neighbor, God has too much for me to do, for me to stop now. Come on, tell your neighbor, I can't stop. I've got to go on in the power of God. What if the disciples had believed the word of Jesus, that Jesus who died on the cross was going to arise the third day? What if they went down to the tomb and said, we're going to have a revival waiting until Jesus comes out. He's coming out in about three days. So let's have some church up in here. Let's praise him. Let's magnify him. Because if he said it, he's going to do it. They should have gone out all over Jerusalem. Got all the people they could find. Say, meet us at the tomb. Jesus, who died on the other day, is going to rise up on the third day morning. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm so glad that Jesus is alive. But if thousands of people had been waiting on Jesus when he came forth from the tomb, but if thousands of individuals had gathered together to see their risen Lord, just one week before, Lazarus had been given new life. He had been raised from the dead. And now just one week later, if Jesus raised Lazarus, then certainly he himself had the potential to rise again from the dead. And if he'd done it for Lazarus, they should have praised God that God was going to do it for Jesus. And if God did it for Jesus, God will do it for you in the name of Jesus. Come on and praise him. Praise him. Praise him. If they gave Lazarus four days, they should have given Jesus at least three days before they gave up on him. But thank God, even though they lost faith, Jesus got up just the same. Tell three people, Jesus is alive. I just came out to tell you, fear and unbelief can make you miss your opportunity for service and blessing. God wants you to believe. God wants you to have confidence that it is possible. The resurrection of Jesus is the most spectacular 
and miraculous event in the history of mankind. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, the resurrection of Jesus is the most spectacular event in the history of mankind. Hallelujah. There are some folk who say that Jesus did not die on Calvary. He did not die and therefore he didn't arise from the dead. He didn't arise from the dead because he was not dead. But listen, if everybody there saw Jesus and was convinced that he was dead, how can we stand 2,000 years later and say he's not dead? If eyewitnesses knew that he was dead with your prognostications and your earthly wisdom, how can you say Jesus was not dead? He could not go through what he went through and not be dead. He received brutal beatings the night before his crucifixion. Four times he received bone-crunching wounds in his hands and in his feet. He hung on a cross in the blazing sun. A spear was thrust into his side. He experienced loss of blood and loss of bodily fluids. The centurion made sure that he was dead. They made sure that there was no life, no breath in his body. But on the third day morning, he got up. I said he got up from the dead. When he got up, he showed no sign of discomfort. He walked with the disciples. He ministered to the disciples. He received no medical care. He had no antibiotic. No painkillers were available. If he was not dead, when did Jesus die? But will you tell your neighbor, my Savior, my Savior is alive. Jesus got up from the dead. Would you help me praise him? Yes. It was not a ghost. It was not a zombie. He was not the walking dead or some other horror story. Our Lord grabbed death by the collar and he shook death until death tamed and turned him loose. He got up from the grave. He went on down the road a little later. Thomas did not believe it. He said, I've got to touch him in his side. Touch the print of the nail in his hand. He showed up and said, come on over here, Thomas. Touch my hands. Touch my side. Touch my feet. See the print of the nail. It is I. I'm alive forevermore. He said, listen, bring me some fish. He ate and shared with him and had fellowship with him. Listen, God raised Jesus again from the dead. Is there anybody here who believes that Jesus, Jesus is alive? Come on, tell three people, my Savior, my Savior is alive. You can't make me doubt it. I can't live without it. I'm so glad. So glad. Stand up and give God praise. Give him glory. Give him glory. Give him glory. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's alive. Death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. Jesus got up on the third day morning. My Savior. Beginning of the week, Lazarus is dead. Jesus shows up. He's been dead for four long days. And Jesus calls Lazarus forth from the grave. He got up alive and well. One week later, Jesus was crucified on an old rugged cross. They laid him in the grave. Three days later, Jesus got up. Hallelujah. For the rest of time, for those of us who believe in the Lord, who've got faith in Jesus, we may die. Our bodies may be without breath and without life, but after a while, the trump of God is going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to arise. We that are alive and remain are going to be changed. In a moment, if he could raise Lazarus, he himself could rise. If he could raise and rise himself, he can raise us. Do you have any rivers that you think are uncrossable? Do you have any mountains that you can't tunnel through? God specializes in the impossible. Tell your neighbor, God specializes in the impossible. Tell two people, yes. Yes, he can. You can be sick in your body. The doctors can give up on you. But if you've got faith in God, you can rise up and go forth by the power of God. Can I get a witness? Is there a witness? You don't know what God is able to do. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we may ask that we may think until Jesus could rise from the dead. He can do anything. I said he can do anything. There is nothing, nothing my God cannot do. Is there anybody who will help me to praise God for his grace? The child of God, as we come to this Easter, this Easter time in the year 2019, believe God. Tell two people, believe God. It may seem impossible, but believe God. You confront anything that's more than you can deal with. Believe God. Is there opposition and trouble in your way? I just came by to tell you. Believe God. Is there a sickness in your body? The doctor can't heal it. He shook his head and walked away. But believe God. Is there anybody here that knows what God can do? Do you know he's a healer? Hallelujah. If Jesus got up, he can heal your body. If Jesus got up, he can meet your need. If Jesus got up, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. If death can't hold him, the grave can't hold him. Jesus can deal 
with anything. Have faith and tell your neighbor, God, oh God, can do anything. Hallelujah. And so, as I close this message, what I want you to do is you may stand before a grave, a grave of impossibility, a grave of failure. You might be if concluded that the situation is stinking and nauseating, that there's no hope for it. But if it's sickness, if it's an economic problem, if it's a relational problem, I dare you to get right in front of your problem like they should have gotten in front of the grave of Jesus. They should have gotten in front of Jesus' grave and started shouting and praising God. Hallelujah. But you've got so much faith that you'll get in front of your problem and shout and praise God. God, I don't know how, but I know you'll fix it. God, I don't know when, but I'm trusting in you. God, the burden is heavy, but I'm going to shout the victory and praise God. Shout until he brings you out. Shout till he brings you over. Shout till you praise him. Shout till he takes you higher. Tell three people, shout. Tell three people it's all right now. It's all right now. Jesus is alive. And it's all right. I'm going to make it. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to endure. If my Lord could rise, he will take care of me. Be not dismayed. Whatever time, God will take care of you. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Come on and praise him. Lord, stand up and praise him. Tell three people, believe, believe, believe. You should have whatever you desire if you believe. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, you shall receive it. You've got to have confidence it's going to be all right. In the name of Jesus, what's your challenge? All you sick folk, raise your hand, lift it up high. Lord, in Jesus' name, the name that's above every name, the name of him who said, whatever you ask in my name, you would receive it. Raise up that hand. There are people in here who have trusted God for healing. and God has worked miraculously in their lives and set them free. 
If you can but believe, God, you raised Jesus, heal me. God, you healed Jesus, heal me. You delivered Jesus, deliver me. In the name of Jesus. Say it after me, please, dear Lord. I praise you. I am healed. In the name of Jesus, who rose from the dead, I want to thank you, Lord, for healing my body. Believe it by faith and thank him. Thank him. I praise you, the Lord. It's done in Jesus' name. Those who have economic needs, as you face this Easter, you don't know where next month's bill payments are going to come from. But you're going to trust God. If he could raise Jesus, he can help you to take care of your financial situation. Hallelujah. Lord, we believe it and we receive it. In the name of Jesus, your children who believe you will see miracles after miracles happen in their lives. In the name of Jesus, thank God. Lift up your hand and say, I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm set free. Now give God praise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Shake hands with five people and tell them, be healed, be delivered, be set free. Hallelujah. All right now. All right now. God said, all right now, all right now, it's all right now, God said, grab your neighbor by the hand and sing, all Lazarus from the dead. 
Jesus, who one week later raised, rose from the dead himself with all the power in the palm of his hand, is here right now. And he wants to be involved in your life. Easter's about resurrection and newness of life. This is your opportunity to have a new life, a new level of living. Jesus said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. You need Jesus in your life. You need to be forgiven. You need to be sure that you are prepared for eternity. If you're here today and you want to know that risen Lord, you want him to come into the impossibilities of your life and bless you. I just want to know to pray for you. And if you just lift your hand, it's your way of saying, preacher, pray for me. I need that Jesus that you preached about. If that you lift that hand high, every eye is closed, every head is bowed. If you would receive Jesus, if you want Jesus to come into your life, if you want that risen Lord and Savior to be involved in your life, I want you to raise your hand all right now. Raise your hand all right now. God said, Lift it high, please, so that I can see. I need you, Jesus. Come into my life in the name of Jesus. God said. God said Now, dear Lord, we thank you for those who lifted up their hands. We're thankful for those who've come, dear Lord, and who've decided they want you to be Lord of their lives. If you could rise from the dead, you can be their partner in life to help them to rise above situations that otherwise might destroy them. So we trust you, dear Lord, and we believe in you. We receive you in the name of Jesus. Repeat this prayer after me, please, dear Lord. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died for me, and he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, and I thank you, Lord. I am saved. I have new life. Thank you for salvation. Clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. If you raise your hand and pray that prayer with me, I want to know your name. I want to write you this week. I want to give you literature that you can read in the privacy of your own home. I want to give you to our personal workers. They may minister to you and give you literature that you can read in the privacy of your own home. If you raise your hand, please step out. Come forward. I just want to touch you. I just want to shake your hand. Come forward, please. Do not exit. We'll all exit together in just a moment. Come forward. This is your day, your time, your moment. All right. If you're already saved and you want to join the church, come forward. We'll be happy to minister to you. Sing it one more time, choir. Hallelujah. 